take a deep breath and remember there's a power breathing you. This is your space of sanity in an evolving world where we learn about spiritual law and how to apply it to our lives in a way that is practical and life-changing. This is where we remember truth to make the world a better place one person at a time. I'm Claire Lotier, inspirational speaker, teacher of the technology of transformation, and a certified life mastery consultant and spiritual coach. Welcome to the Grace Space. Welcome to our current series, Walk in Grace, where each week we're looking at the universal laws of this creation that we're all a part of. There are natural laws that govern life on earth, and there are universal laws that govern all creation and the process by which the invisible becomes visible, that is, creation itself. Why does this matter to you? Well, you're a part of this creation, and you are a creator being. You're endowed with the very same power of creation as the omnipotent one. And you have no choice but to create. You're creating your life with every breath, with every thought that vibrates through you. Every day, you are trading your life away for your creation. So wouldn't you rather be creating the most beautiful life you can conceive of in your amazing mind? Wouldn't you be benefited by understanding the laws by which you are creating your reality at every moment? Now, these laws operate with absolute certainty. They are immutable and implacable. Think about some of the laws of the natural world that you know about. For example, everyone agrees on something called the law of gravity. According to the law of gravity, anything that's heavier than air will be drawn toward the center of the earth. Now, you may not know about the law of gravity, or you may say, I don't believe in the law of gravity, but you can be certain that if you step off a ledge into the void, you will immediately be drawn toward the center of the earth. You will not go up, and you may get hurt in the process. It's the same with these universal laws we're studying. You may not know about them. Chances are you don't. You can even say you don't believe in them. But you're still subject to them. We all are. And therefore, it's in our best interest to learn about them and to get into harmony with them. Because until we do, we're very likely to be swimming against the current in life. And that makes for struggle. We're going along in life, getting beat up left and right, until we get tired of fighting the current. Because the current is always stronger than we are. It just is. And we will eventually tire. And so we start to ask ourselves if there might be something we're not understanding here. We start to realize that our way of doing things isn't working. We may be in the habit of blaming other people or the world or the economy or the virus or the politicians for our various predicaments individually and collectively. But eventually, every single one of us is going to wake up to the fact that we ourselves are responsible for our results. This is an orderly universe. And things occur by law every single time. There are no exceptions to the law. Now, this is very, very freeing when you accept it. Spiritual law doesn't care who you are or what you believe. It always operates the same way in every instance and is utterly reliable. When you study the law, you're actually studying yourself. 
When you start to understand the law, you start understanding yourself. And it's like a miracle when you discover their beauty and how getting into harmony with them actually brings you everything you desire. You will fall in love with them. And as you fall in love with them, you're falling in love with yourself. You're going to come to love yourself in a way that you've never loved yourself before. Because these laws constitute your owner's manual. If every human born on the earth were issued an owner's manual summarizing these laws and how to develop our higher mental faculties, we would really live in a totally different world. One day, I believe that this is how things will be. But until then, you have to educate yourself. It starts with you. So let's get into it today. We're going to talk about the law of receiving. Now, the truth is we can't talk about the law of receiving without talking about giving and circulation. You may have heard that it's more blessed to give than to receive. This doesn't mean that we should be ashamed of receiving or that we aren't worthy to receive. It means that in order to receive, we must give first. If you want heat from a wood stove, you have to put the wood in first. So it means also that we're only able to receive in proportion to what we give. Therefore, the more we give, the more we can receive. This is one of those spiritual safeguards within the law of life. The spirit of life is always for expansion and fuller expression for all. And so the more we contribute, the more we give of ourselves in every way that it's possible to give, the more we will receive. Now, our understanding of this relationship between giving and receiving is somewhat distorted in our society, at least. We call ourselves consumers. <laughs> that should be a clue right there. We consume things. There are many signs in Western culture indicating that the balance is off between giving and receiving. And this is one of them. We tend to be in getting mode rather than giving mode. Why else would people line up outside stores on Black Friday and trample each other to get in on the holiday shopping deals? Why else would there be a show on cable TV called Hoarders? Our reluctance to let go of things is also also reflected in our inability to process our garbage literally as well as figuratively. Being consumers is related to scarcity consciousness, the belief that there isn't enough to go around. Limited supply, right? This, this is taught in school, right? If you take economy or economics in school, you're going to be taught one of the first laws, limited supply. It's not true. This scarcity consciousness comes from living exclusively through the senses and not being sufficiently developed in our higher mental faculties. Remember, imagination, intuition, memory, perception, reason, will. When we understand the law of supply, which we've discovered in a previous episode, and truly accept the truth, which is infinite supply, we can start to heal scarcity consciousness in ourselves. Think about this. If your fist is clenched, you cannot receive anything more into your hand. The law of receiving tells us to open ourselves. My spiritual teacher in France summed this up for me memorably one time. He said, nothing is mine. Referring to the ashram and the spiritual center that he spent over 20 years building and where he also lives, he told me once that even though this is his life's work, if he had to walk away from it, he would. He said, I didn't build it for me. None of this is mine. Everything I've created here, I've created for others. 
that totally reframed my thinking. And then he advised me, if you start to believe that you own anything in life, you're on the wrong track. Nothing belongs to you. Not your house, not your car, not your partner, not your children, not even your body. This body is on loan from God. It's a projection of the mind. You're here to serve the infinite with your life and everything in it. Just remember, he told me, nothing is mine. If you're afraid to lend something of yours to someone else, you should give it away instantly. You don't own it. It owns you. I often find myself testing this whenever I realize I'm tightening up around something, be it a material possession or an idea, be it attention or affection or energy or focus. If I start feeling ungenerous, like I want to hold on to something and tighten my fist around it, I got to take a deep breath and relax my body. And I remind myself, nothing is mine. I can let it go. I was born with nothing and I will depart here with nothing. That's true for all of us, because everything required for this journey is already within us. Everything required is free, and it's infinite. This new world that we're living in now requires us to move from being consumers to being producers or generators of high-frequency energy states. That means dwelling more and more in love, generosity, kindness, compassion, unclenching our fists. Thomas Troward said, Our attention should be directed rather to the giving than to the receiving. We must look upon ourselves not as misers' chests to be kept locked for our own benefit, but as centers of distribution. The better we fulfill our function as such centers, the greater will be the corresponding inflow. You see, this is all about circulation. Life has to circulate. If we don't circulate the energy in life, we become stagnant and die. Your blood has to circulate. Your breath has to circulate. Water has to circulate. Money has to circulate. If you want to receive, you give first. Why? To get in harmony with the law of circulation. That's how you activate the law of receiving. Give first. Get into harmony with circulation. Trust and you'll receive. Let's look a little deeper into why it can be difficult for us to truly accept and practice giving before getting. We may understand it as a concept and agree with it as a concept, but when it comes right down to it, sometimes emotionally, it's hard for us to understand. So, you know, getting is such an entrenched approach to life. We have this expression, that guy or that gal's a real go-getter. I love what Bob Proctor says. He says, we've been teaching our kids to be go-getters when we really need to be teaching them how to be go-givers. You see, we've often got it backwards when it comes to the law. And again, it's because of our paradigm, our habits, our conditioning. We've been trained to rely almost exclusively on our five senses for information. And while our five senses are precious and very important for helping us to navigate the physical world, they are only a small part of what we've been given to navigate in life. Actually, our higher mental faculties are far more powerful than our physical senses. And we have to understand that our physical senses are not impartial reporters of information. They are highly influenced by our paradigm. We see what our mind tells us to see based on our paradigm. Helen Keller was once asked if there was anything worse than being blind. She immediately replied, there's nothing more pathetic than a person who has their sight, but no vision. 
our higher mental faculties, the spiritual gifts that we discovered in the series that I did on the gifts of grace, are what help us to see further and deeper than our senses, to perceive truth, to develop and devote ourselves to a worthy ideal and to communicate with and receive messages from the universal mind or the infinite intelligence for the purpose of realizing that worthy ideal, that dream, for our own fulfillment and for the highest good of all beings. Increase for all. There are very few people who are actually aware of what their higher spiritual gifts are or how to develop them. And yet they are what differentiate us from all the other creatures on this planet and make us truly noble beings. They are our potential for genius. And yet in most people, they remain dormant or minimally used and misunderstood. When we develop our higher faculties, however, we become less dependent on our five senses. We certainly begin to realize that we can easily be fooled by our senses, which is a key understanding. And we begin to take our attention away from thinking according to our current results, because they're what we can see and measure. And instead, we begin making use of our higher faculties of reason and imagination to formulate a picture of the life we want to live and think in accordance with that picture. But until we're more fluent with the law, we have a hard time understanding how it's possible to create or accomplish or become something truly new because we look at our past and our current results in order to determine what's possible for us. Our past and current results have nothing to do with what's possible for us because our potential is literally infinite. They simply represent our habits of thought up until the present moment. Anything you want is already here. If not in one form, then in another. You may not be able to perceive it with your five senses yet, but it's already here because energy can neither be created nor destroyed. Everything is here right now. But again, until we fully understand and appreciate that, we're continually looking at our current circumstances and conditions and asking them for permission with regard to what we can do next. So that's, that's a perception problem. To, to realize that you have infinite potential and yet to perceive only what is possible according to current results is that's a perception problem. And it's backwards because the only thing or the only way that we're able to change those results is to learn to think differently since our thinking is always at the origin of our results. By the same token, people have a hard time understanding how to make a decision about something if they don't already have the resources. For example, you may say, oh, I'd really love to buy a new car. But if you haven't understood the law, you'll look directly at your bank account. And if there isn't enough money there, you'll say, well, I can't. Now, if as your coach, I told you that in order to receive the car, the first thing you needed to do was make a decision to buy the car, you'd probably give me some pushback. You'd say, how can I make a decision to do something when I don't have the money? That's irresponsible. And I'd say to you, you don't need the money to make the decision. You don't need the resources to make the decision. Make the decision. Really make a committed decision, and you will find the money every time. You'll attract everything that's required in order for you to realize the vision of having the car. You see, we were brought up backwards. We think we need to know the way. We want assurances. We want the circumstances to be right before we make a change. We want to receive the money before endorsing the check. We don't trust the law 
And why would we if we've never learned about it? It's the same issue when we come to the law of receiving. Everyone wants to receive to get what they want, but they don't necessarily understand that in order to receive, they must give first, right? Because we're so used to looking at our current results and what we have in hand to give. And then we say, well, I'd like to give, but I really don't have enough right now. And we tighten up, we close our fist. Well, if that's our attitude, it's impossible to receive. We receive just a trickle of what we could receive when we're living from that misunderstanding. And the truth is there is so much good. There's infinite good that's seeking us and it it can't be contained. But we have this little tiny hole for receiving it. There's so much good intended for us. We truly have no idea. That's why Napoleon Hill said, when riches come, they come so fast and furious, we find ourselves wondering where they were hiding during all those lean years. That's because when we finally align with the law, we can't stop our good from rushing in. It's been there all along. We just didn't know how to access it because we didn't have the awareness. We didn't understand who we were or the creative power we have within us and how it works. So now we're back to the law of circulation. Circulation is an activity of life. Life circulates, and without circulation, there is no life. When we give, we activate the law of circulation, and thus we receive. I teach my clients and myself, because, you know, everything I teach about and transmit to you on this program, I practice. And in saying this to you, I'm always reminding myself. I teach my clients to lean into the very areas where they feel a sense of lack, where they would love to receive, right? So in other words, to give where they most want to receive. There can be a lot of resistance to this, especially when it comes to money. People think, well, how can I afford to give money when I have so little of it myself? There won't be enough. Well, let me tell you a little story about a good friend of mine who's a therapist and a coach. This is my friend, Fike, who I just really love and admire. She told me this story last week. Last year, during the first confinement, when the pandemic was hitting hard, she lost a dozen patients. Everyone tightened up, right? There was a sense of panic and this consciousness of scarcity and fear and limitation was palpable. So like a dozen of her regular patients pulled out of her schedule all at the same time. And she told me it scared her. Suddenly her income just seemed to evaporate. Poof, you know, she had a moment of fear. But because she's trained herself to use her higher faculty of reason, and because she understands the law, she knew what to do. Instead of allowing the situation to send her into a reaction, right, a reactive state of fear where she close up, she reminded herself that she's a spiritual being of the source having a human experience, that we live in an abundant universe no matter what may be on the level of appearances, and she leaned in. This is what she did. She told me, I thought of three people who I knew were a lot worse off than I was financially. And without explanation, she sent each of them a generous donation of money. Each of them contacted her, believing it must be a mistake. When she explained that no, she simply wanted to help out and that it was a gift, They were incredibly touched, of course. But what's amazing is what happened next. My friend's situation totally turned around. 
and through a series of events, she found herself in a more prosperous situation than she had ever been in before. She told me she ended up having her most successful year yet and that all kinds of unexpected blessings came her way. Now she and her family are getting ready to build their dream home and are embarking on a whole new adventure in life. Now, this is at the same time when a lot of people are tightening up and being really afraid. As I listened to her story, I was so proud to know her. I was so filled with admiration for her ability to direct her thought power for the highest good of all in a situation where it would have been easy for anyone to retract in fear and make her life smaller. She didn't make her life smaller. She leaned in. She gave generously so she could receive, and her life has expanded exponentially in response to that. This is a wonderful example of what happens when we harmonize with the law. In order to receive, we must give first. Fique demonstrated that. Whatever you put out there, you get back. Not only that, you get it back multiplied. This goes so far beyond mere money. There are so many different ways that you can give of yourself. You have many gifts. Raymond Holywell says, give of your life interest, energy, thought, ability, love, appreciation, and helpfulness, and make a full and proper use of your energies, faculties, and talents in useful living. (laughs) I love that, useful living. When we seek to give in all the ways we can, we're always richly rewarded and in ways that we couldn't have foreseen. The parable of the talents in the Bible tells us the same story. It tells us the story of the master who was going on a long journey, and he called his three servants together, and he told them they would be caretakers of his property while he was gone. The master had carefully assessed the natural abilities of each servant. He gave five talents to one servant, two to another, and one to the third, each according to his ability. A talent at that, that time was a unit of measurement used by the Romans and the Greeks, but of course we can interpret that word talent in the larger and more modern sense of the word, meaning God-given gifts or natural abilities. Holywell says, the master gave his servants each a talent, some two, others more, and from them he expected a harvest according to their respective endowments. There was a greater joy in heaven over him who had but one talent and used it well than over him who had many talents but failed to employ them in useful service. Hence, the servant with one talent took the higher place. In other words, the individual who makes full use of what she has will be blessed with more and more. Oh, I just love that. It's so beautiful. This is the illustration of the path of increase, being a person of increase, the secret to the law of receiving. We each have gifts, and we may joyfully give in accordance with those gifts. Giving should feel good. Giving is related to vocation. That is, whatever you do with your time and talent, whether or not you're paid for it, you may object, how can I spend my time and talent if I'm not paid for it? But I'm telling you that you must first and foremost concentrate on whatever it is you love doing that feels natural, that you could spend hours doing without noticing the passage of time. This is your gift. And when you give your gift, you're giving of yourself. You will receive in return in one form or another, and you will always be taken care of. It's the law. 
there's a constructive way to give your gift. The constructive way to give is freely and cheerfully without expecting anything in return. When you give of your gift, you will find that this happens naturally. You'll feel a natural sense of fulfillment in giving and you will not keep score. This is when you feel in harmony with the law and you'll know it. Another aspect of right giving is the understanding that we give of our gifts, whatever they may be, to those who will benefit from and appreciate them. In other words, we help those who help themselves and who are in the way of advancement. Beings who are not yet at the stage of being able to profit from the gifts that you bring are those upon whom the seeds fall as if on barren ground. They will not grow, even if you offer the very best of seeds, and that is okay. Each individual is on their own evolutionary arc of growth and advancement. They will find something somewhere else. And we have to respect where people are in their evolution. The law is so constructed that it helps those who are motivated to help themselves. If you've ever had the experience of trying to advance a person that you care about and having them either reject or make poor use of your gift, you've already understood what I'm referring to. If in such a case you feel resentment that your gift has been ill-used, you also receive an indication that it was not 100% freely given. And this is useful feedback. When you truly give of your gift, whether you give love or help or material assistance or creative ideas or other forms of giving, you do not keep score or live in the expectation that another will return your gifts in kind. If this is the case, the consciousness of getting is still predominant. If you notice that this is the case, instantly forgive yourself. Focus on what you really want in the life you would really love to live. And soon enough, you will find the most natural ways for you to give of yourself. Here's a practice that can help you experience giving and receiving as two sides of the same coin. Make sure you download the PDF worksheet that goes with this and fill it out. Consider an area where you're feeling lack or where you would love to give and focus on giving to others in that area. And then notice what happens. Here are some examples. Are you feeling a lack of appreciation? Become the world's greatest appreciator and write down all the things you appreciate about a person or a situation. Maybe you're experiencing a lack of love. Find ways to reach out and give love this week. Do you lack money? Where can you make a contribution this week? Do you experience a lack of time? Volunteer your time or spend extra time with your kids, your spouse, or your friends. So write down the area where you want to receive more and then write down the ways that you can give in that area. In the third column, write down the ways that you notice that you've received in the area where you gave. Remember to give expectantly. In other words, notice, pay attention to, and be grateful for the ways in which the universe delivers to you the very thing you are giving. It may come in some form that's unexpected. Becoming fluent in the secret language of spirit is really like learning a new language. And as I've been saying, this is all about repetition, immersion, and support. Changing your life is not rocket science. It is achievable by anyone who has the desire to do so and who can follow direction. And if you're really interested in living a life of true freedom, the window is about to close on an opportunity for you to join me and a group of like-minded people who are passionate about creating the freedom and the life that they deserve. You can do this. My next group coaching program begins January 26th, and I would love to have you in it. 
I'm going to teach you a reliable, repeatable, scientific formula that makes your success predictable. Once you understand this simple formula and how to apply it to your life, you can expect a few things to happen. First of all, wealth or good luck will begin to flow more easily, more abundantly into your life. And you'll notice that the universe is beginning to provide for all your needs and more of your wants. All the areas of your life, your health, relationships, your vocation, your time and money, freedom, and your attitude will become ignited with a passion that you've never experienced before. And you'll experience a greater feeling of control and predictability over your finances, your circumstances, and your destiny. You'll start learning to think in a way that produces the results that you want. And this is a scientific way of thinking. Basically, your most predominant worries, the things that keep you up at night, will start to become a thing of the past. So if you're really ready to create the life that you want, don't just hope it'll happen someday. It won't without your initiating it. You are the creator in your life. Take action to make the changes you want to make. Space is limited in this course, so reserve your spot to join me and a group of like-minded people who are passionate about creating true freedom. I know that you want to live the life that you were put on this earth to live. Your heart's most cherished dreams are exactly what spirit is seeking to express through you. Don't just wish it anymore. Become it. I'm here to help you do just that, and I'm holding the image that you'll join us January 26th for our first class. There's a link in the show notes where you can find out more. Click on that. Meanwhile, walk in grace. Thank you for joining me in the grace space, where you're always in the right place. If you love this podcast, I invite you to subscribe to it and submit a review if you feel called to do so. Also, be sure to sign up for my newsletter right here. I look forward to spending this time with you again next week. Meanwhile, I send you love and blessings. Bye for now.